Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with hosts Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Palachek. Produced by Kernan Consulting and for the international MSP community, we are dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Good morning, everybody. Hello, James. How are you today? Doing well, doing well, doing well. I feel a little goofy because uh, just warning everybody, I just got back from the dentist today. <laughs> you, you sound you sound just fine, much better than I do when I'm just back from the dentist. So you're doing great. <laughs> so I don't know so. if you saw, but we had a really interesting uh, question of the week this week. It was, uh, when should I hire my first salesperson? So Sounds um, like it's right up your alley. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never, I never did hire a salesperson. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, a lot of a lot of MSPs don't, but mm -hmm. there's definitely advantages to doing so. And to be honest, you know, the reason I never did is uh, I don't know how to hire a salesperson. I don't think I'm alone mm -hmm. in that. So, mm -hmm. not only I would say not only when, but how is a big yeah. question for MSPs. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, how is and, uh, you know, what does it look like how to onboard and, and train and, and keep them motivated? That's the hardest part that uh, I'll, I'll help elaborate on. But uh, when I was asked that question initially, the first thing that came to my mind was um, <clears throat> most business owners are, you know, the owner operators and they do everything. But, you know, historically, they've been the best salespeople in the organization and they're that technical salesperson. So what I would say first is I would actually hire a really strong uh, assistant or inside sales support person that can help you do all the other tasks around sales and take that burden off your shoulders, you know, so you, you look forward to it and you don't, uh, you know, put that down the list, meaning like prepping for a QBR or, you know, building a PowerPoint deck, you know, for a new prospect, uh, helping you document your sales process and following up on opportunities. Uh, but so I, I find would- a, So find an admin to do all the, all the pipeline and prep work and yeah. let the, let the owner operator go out to the meeting and land, land the new client. Cause you're right. Yeah. Most of them are pretty good at it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to build on that first, and then you kind of can build the infrastructure that you need with the right tools, uh, the right process. Uh, so that's the first thing that I would do. Mm -hmm. And then when you're ready to hire a, an official salesperson and kind of pull you out, meaning the business owner out of the sales process, uh, not completely, but partially, uh, I would always recommend look at trying to hire two or more. You know, I, I see a lot of people make the mistake, uh, you know, back to your point a second ago, Amy, <clears throat> you know, most MSPs are small. They're very technical. I've done hundreds of assessments where I'll go in their office and I, I want to see the vibe in the office. What's it like, you know, and the energy levels typically are really low. Half the time the lights are off. There's no windows. And that's a great environment for technical people, right? Because you can think. But on the flip side, you know, salespeople are the opposite of that. And I'm programmed to be a salesperson. So uh, 
you know, I can, I don't know, I can kind of see this, but, uh, you know, I like having lots of bright light, you know, plants, motivational pictures on the wall, you know, music in the background, or at least noise. And then you feed off of each other. And the point I made about if you can, I'd rather you hire two part-time salespeople that they can kind of compare the number of calls, the number of meetings, and kind of softly compete against each other, as opposed to just hiring one salesperson uh, and then have them kind of com compete by themselves. Uh, that That's something that I always recommend people that I work with. Uh, so it's That's kind an of interesting idea. Two part-time mm -hmm. people that are both there at the same time. Right. Yeah. So they can get that energy from one another. Exactly. And then it's because it's hard for the business owner to try to be that equal to the other salesperson and compare the number of calls and the number of meetings and because you want them feeding off of each other. So um, anyway, ideally, that's the environment that I always like trying to put together. Historically, I'd say the overwhelming majority of the time when somebody just tries to hire one full-time salesperson and the business owner be their coach and help keep them inspired, that typically does not work out. So I'll just say it yeah. that way. When I see people kind of build out the department and hire two or more, uh, the majority of the time that does work out. And I think it goes right back to the whole point of they feed off of each other. They need something to compare. Um, and um, anyway, so that's a that was a tough question to answer. I hope I hope that all made sense. Do you have any? I think other those were some comments? good ideas. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the hiring a, a full time salesperson is was just just really daunting. So I like the I like the ideas that you put out today. I think that'll speak to a lot of people. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's um. You know, I, I do that a lot with clients that I work with and, uh, you know, help them recruit, uh, help them attract, you know, A A players. And I also like when you can trying to mix up new energy with, you know, old energy, uh, meaning if you can hire someone away from a competitor that has some industry experience in sales uh, and, and, and can sell, you know, and familiar with all the acronyms in our industry, that's a huge plus. I would try to grab a person like that. But I also like mixing in that new blood in the industry, you know, somebody fresh out of college that has that gung-ho attitude, um, you know, someone that's articulate, present themselves well, and, and can communicate and follow up and has a little bit of that, you know, go-getter spirit. We used to specifically look for people with athletic backgrounds, either in college or high school, that played team sports. That was something that we looked for uh, because our environments, we always had the numbers posted every day and every week. And again, like I said before, we kind of made that friendly competition. Um, so those were people that worked well in, in our environments. This podcast is sponsored by the Kearney Consulting's Millionaire Mastermind Roadshow. Get the answers you need to grow your business guaranteed. This MSP Business Owner Conference is two full days of powerful information, instruction, and action to show you how to thrive in this troubled economy. Join us for an action-packed event in Scottsdale, Arizona on September 28th and 29th, and enjoy golf, casino, and the spa experience at the lavish Talking Stick Resort. More information in the show notes. 
All right, gang. Hey, welcome back. This is James Kernan with Kernan Consulting. And hey, I am here with a superstar business leader, consultant, and good friend of mine, Brianna Hahn. Hey, Brianna, welcome to the program. Hi, James. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Well, I was excited to have you on the program because you're <clears throat> incredibly intelligent, uh, incredibly talented, and you've got some really cool things going on right now. So before we talk about your new company, Align Consulting, uh, give give everybody a little background on how did you become how did you become so cool is what I really <laughs> want. No, but give everybody a little background, a little business background on on you uh, growing up in in your industry. Sure. Um, well, first, my first experience really started um, back in my very early twenties of sales and development training. So. Um, I started out in a sales background, which led to me training other people how to sell and mm -hmm. also coaching and mentoring and helping people to elevate their skills. So it was kind of a, a hybrid role of I was responsible for selling, but also helping other people learn how to sell and build businesses and make connections. So that led into a network marketing career for a little over 10 years. And then mm -hmm. within the past five years, it's been business development. So really, focusing on the art of making connections and, and networking on behalf of other businesses and people. When I think about making connections for people, it really comes from a place of knowing people and asking the right questions to find out what their true needs are. So some people look at networking as name dropping, right? They might meet somebody and, and think that it's impressive to say, oh, I know so-and-so and I could make an introduction there for you. But Really what, what I think intentional connecting boils down to is finding out the, the real needs of people and finding ways to make a match. And so I kind of look at it like a big puzzle, right? And if, if we can make all the small connecting pieces fit, it really does create a masterpiece. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm excited to ask about your new company, Align Consulting. You know, I think you've taken all these years of, of training and, and talents, and you've really brought this all together for, uh, you know, for individuals and also the business community here in the Midwest. But let's tell everybody a little bit more about Align Consulting. Sure. So I really was looking at this. It's been kind of an idea that has been festering in in my mind for a couple of years when I just started to notice that I personally wasn't feeling like I was using my strengths and talents in the best possible way that they could be utilized. And I also thought if I could work hard for someone else, I certainly can work hard for myself and kind of create my own my own empire, my own business, and my own way of helping people the, the way that I see fit. So Align Consulting is really about helping individuals where I would coach them to identify their core strengths and values and what that looks like. And maybe they're in the right field, maybe they're not. And maybe they've had an intent to want to create something of their own that I could help them to identify what does that look like? What are they good at? And what is something that they could streamline into a business of their own? Um, or I can help coach them to a greater level of competency. Maybe they're in a sales role, they love sales, but they just don't necessarily have all the tools in order to, to elevate that. And then um, the third component of that is that I can help make those intentional connections with opportunities and resources to help catapult them to greater levels of success. So 
I know you and I have talked to James about your working in the EOS space. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I feel could be very valuable to a few of my, my preliminary coaching clients that they might look at EOS as like a next step and mm-hmm. that you'd be a great resource to connect them to. Give, give us an example engagement that would help the listeners understand, um, you know, some of your services and kind of digging into it. Do you, do you have one that comes to mind? Sure. Well, from like a small to medium business standpoint, I, I think where I could really help is kind of take that 30,000 foot view approach to mm-hmm. consult them on ideas for improvement. So considering that my background has been in hospitality, sales, training, development, network marketing, business development, um, I might work with a, a small business and maybe see some of the holes that they can't see because they're so immersed in it. Mm-hmm. But if I could take a higher level view and, you know, Sometimes it's a small business that doesn't have a business development person or someone that's going and sitting in and networking groups and making connections. And so I might be able to help them make those connections, be that resource, that connector that says, okay, you could partner with this person as a community partner or a champion, and you could cross promote each other in your businesses because it's very, um, they're very like industry. And That's one one of the ways that I worked with one of my current clients is they really just needed some direction um, with their with their marketing and branding. And I helped point them in the direction of these are the people you need to know. This is how the team could form. Um, And then I've also worked, you know, with a, a company that does sales for for a certain product. And so I coached um, one of the account managers, the sales reps on just helping them to expound upon their network and different, maybe some fresh ideas on ways that they could could make new connections rather than just the traditional cold calling or showing up in a networking event and passing out a business card. And and that that engagement, the sales training, that was customized one-on-one, right? You work with that- one-on-one. And I know you do one-to-many trainings as well. I, I have to ask, going backwards on, on your resume, when you were that uh, sales trainer, right? Did you did you take, was, did the corporation give you the content they wanted you to train on? Or did you create completely custom all your own content? Or did you take what they gave you and put your own fingerprint on a little bit? What did that look like? The corporation that I worked under, um, the restaurant group, they had already created sales training manuals. And so my implementation of it was the way that I delivered the information to help people retain it. And so I, I took what they created. um, And then I kind of customize it, tailored it a little bit to the individuals to help them really retain the information and understand what they were learning. Um, Mm -hmm. So that part of it, I I could use a little bit of creativity. Learning what I learned, um, I feel very confident now that I could be able to kind of create my own processes for industries that might need a little bit of a, you know, enhancement or a, a training manual in place. Not mm-hmm. to step on any HR toes, um, but it's it's kind of more of just maybe a little bit of a blueprint or even, again, like I said, an enhancement to something that they already have. Or I could take their training and teach them ways to implement it in a way that people actually understand it and mm-hmm. grasp onto it and that it becomes a little bit more tangible and livable. You've got such a diverse background. Now you've started your own company with Align Consulting. What are you really passionate about? Why do you do what you do? 
So that was one thing that I I felt uh, was lacking in in my other previous careers, or um, I guess I should say most recent careers, is I just didn't feel the sense of fulfillment for -hmm. what I was doing. And I had to look at what exactly gets me up in the morning and what gets me motivated and, and excited to get out and go tackle the day. And one of the first things I identified is that I really wanted to work for myself is Mm -hmm. that I just, I wanted the freedom and the flexibility to be able to create and design my life the way I want it to look. And so that was the first motivator is just being able to, to design my day. Um, The second thing is that I really wanted to help other people with making connections. When I can connect two people and there's a match and there's a win for them, that feels like a win for me. Or if they take something from something that I have to offer, that feels like a win. And you, you and I have both probably, you know, been eating personal (laughs) drinking, personal development for the last, you know, 15, 20 years. So there's really nothing that's new out there. It's, it's all the same content, but it's the way that we digest it. And it's the way that we're able to make sense of it for other people. Mm -hmm. And that's why this space is big enough for everyone is that you're going to find an audience that connects with you. I'll find an audience that connects with me and our connections might be very vast and very different. And, you know, so it's, it's really just me finding the niche of people that, that need what I have to offer and and the connections that I have and the resources. And that feels like a win to me. That's what gets me up every day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, well said, well said. I I love it. Let me just ask any final words of wisdom about being successful in in today's uh, crazy world. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm, I'm still figuring out all of that too. It's a crazy world, but I will say that um, I think just getting back to really people connecting with other people. I mean, we've been, um, you know, in some ways very distant over the past couple of years with COVID hitting and and people just not being able to connect and get back into the same spaces. And so I think really learning how to ask the right questions, um, get engaged with people again, and just, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that that's it. And, and learn how to define your own definition of success. It's, it's going to be different for everyone. And I think people have a really hard time deciphering what success looks like to them because they're, they're constantly looking left and right and not inward. Yep. Yep. Wow. Both of those answers are fantastic. I was going to say, I love the connecting one, but you know, your, your second tip uh, about determining your own success is so important. I feel like I spend a lot of time with my clients uh, helping understand that in the very beginning, you know, uh, yes. you know, cause dif- uh, success is very different for everybody, but the connecting part, I- I've never seen anyone work the room like you do, Brianna, you're one of the best networkers I've ever seen. Thank it's, you. and then kind of back to your title, the intentional connector. Um, but you seem so resourceful. It's like, you know, everybody. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, you're, um, a-, a blessing in the consulting space. So, I uh, I follow your podcast. Your podcast is incredible, uh, but I wanted to ask uh, ask you, you know, how can people follow you? Uh, how can people get in touch with you? What what's the best ways to do that uh, besides the podcast or or social media? You know, what what's the right way to do that? 
Sure. I think you just, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think the podcast is the best way to connect with me as far as, you know, they're 10 minutes or less. And I intentionally make them that length so that people can have a quick snippet of information or hear something that might um, just, you know, give them a new thought while they're on a quick commute. And, you know, typically if people find some value in that, they'll find a need to reach out. And so my email address is the easiest way right now. I've got a website in the works that will hopefully be launched in the next couple of months. Um, but it's just Brianna at align-consult.com. So that's Brianna at align-consult.com. And then, of course, following me on socials. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I have a Facebook page. It's Align Consulting. And then, um, you know, just the podcast is on Spotify, which is really easy to find. So thank you for being on the program, Brianna. It's always great catching up with you. I always learn something. So, uh, so thank you for that. And we will see you soon. Thanks for the opportunity, James. Appreciate it. So what else is happening in the news? There's a, it's been a, a busy couple of weeks, really. It has uh, been a big news week. It really has. And some very interesting stuff that we either haven't seen before or haven't seen in a long time. So, um, and I shared some of these articles on, on LinkedIn this week. So if you go to my LinkedIn page, um, you can, you can read more about this stuff. I just, cause I just found them super fascinating. Um, Google is in an antitrust suit with the federal government, and it mm. is around their search. Um, and it's interesting because the um, the lawsuit basically says that striking the deal with cell phone manufacturers and uh, PC manufacturers to by default make the uh, make Google the, you know, search solution, mm -hmm. um, gave, gave them an unfair advantage against competitors. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that this, um, this, this led to a situation in the, in the industry where other, you know, other folks weren't able to compete because of, because of that monopoly that was struck by Google. And Google argues, you know, of course, the opposite of that, that people want to use their product. Um, and it's an interesting, almost psychological case, right? Do you, is is it the best search engine or do you believe it's the best search engine because everywhere you go, you see the name and it's <laughs> on every device you have and it's the default. And so you naturally use the defaults, you get used to using the default you become accustomed to the way that it behaves. You learn, you learn the tool, right? right? And if you know the tool, it's the easiest it's tool favorite. for you to use. So it's a, um, it's an interesting thing. And um, the really curious thing is Google says, well, this is a backward looking lawsuit. And, um, but antitrust is always a forward looking situation. Mm -hmm. Like if we take where we are today and project your behavior today, what's the natural outcome going moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. So if we continue to allow you to be the default everywhere, what is the natural outcome going forward for the competitive landscape? 
Mm -hmm. Right. And so it, it's it's really interesting They we see these antitrust like come in cycles. Right. Famously, you know, years ago, uh, Microsoft got in trouble for bundling right. browser into Windows. Well, now it's it is bundled into Windows again. So that situation sort of came around full circle. Mm -hmm. um, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, um, the EU, though, is suing Microsoft uh, in an antitrust, um, their style of antitrust. Uh, this time around, it's for bundling teams into the office suite, mm -hmm. saying that that provides an unfair advantage to some of the other meeting applications mm -hmm. to have it bundled into office. So, and Microsoft uh, just immediately said, we'll unbundle it, mm -hmm. right? So they're unbundling it in the EU. They're not unbundling it in the US, but mm -hmm. um, they've created a separate separate skew where they're unbundling those things. So you know, we're seeing, I guess, antitrust sort of raise its head again worldwide. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's amazing to me. I mean, think about this though. It's a I've been in sales negotiations, you know, leadership my entire life. And it feels like there's a fine line be between, you know, negotiations and, and a good deal, you know, and, and selling, right? And an antitrust, you know, and, and this is, to me, this is kind of one of them. I mean, how do you feel about this more on a, on a personal level with, uh, with Google? Because we, again, just like you said, we went through this before with Microsoft. And I remember they fought it before, and I think they lost, and then uh, now they were asked to change it, and they did. I'm sure Google will probably do the same thing, but, you know, is that, um, I don't know, is that really unfair? You know, kind of, um, I, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about that. Well, that's the thing, right? Who is it unfair to? That's the actual question, right? Is it unfair to the is it unfair to the competitor? When antitrust almost isn't about the competitor, it's about the future of the industry. Is it unfair to the future of the industry? Is it stifling innovation because one firm owns so much of the market? Mm -hmm. And searching the internet is fundamental to business right. and the and the economy. Mm -hmm. Right. So is that is having one firm own that a disadvantage? to the United <clears throat> States economy. Yeah. yeah and look, when, it look, reaches, when it reaches that level, that's where it, it reaches the antitrust. Yeah. I guess looking at it from that perspective, yeah, I, that's uh, easier for me to palette what, you know, about the antitrust. It's uh, looking at it from a competitive standpoint. I mean, that's, you know, your competitive advantage. I mean, it's exactly what we teach our clients to, you know, to embrace their competitive advantage and, to exploit that in their whole sales approach. So um, anyway. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I think it's, it's, it, it's, it is, you're right. It's a, it's a thing, right? Because uh, having that level of competition and continual growth and building is fundamental to our economy, but so is competition. And so, mm -hmm. so if you're, if you're too successful, you've now crossed the line to where you're now, you you're, you may be doing very well personally, but you're hurting the overall economy by yeah. your singular level of, of success is what the argument is going to be. We'll see how it turns out. We'll keep an eye on the story. The other story that um, is interesting coming out of Microsoft was that 
they announced that they were going to be uh, defending their customers as a benefit of purchasing Microsoft's AI services. Mm -hmm. So if you purchase AI services from Microsoft and you use those AI services, uh, you know, within the, what do they call that? You know, within the scope of what they're supposed to be used for according to mm -hmm. their terms of service, then Microsoft will defend you against copyright infringement and, and other things that could arise from that use. Because yeah. it's a very, there's a lot of uncertainty right now in mm -hmm. how the, you know, how this is going to be used. And so um, Microsoft must have made the calculation that, you know, that uncertainty has the potential to hurt their, their sales. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're willing to put their legal team on the task of trying to define it really right until enough cases go through the court it's not actually defined so um you know i i thought that was really interesting that they said yeah we're gonna we're, we're gonna you buy our product and we will defend you yeah that that's fascinating to me because normally i see microsoft do the opposite you know you know to minimize their risk you know they'll go a different direction but clearly it is a play to drive sales and and protect their customers and give them a comfort level of, of using their tools. So, um, uh, yeah. and again, that shows, I think their commitment to AI in general. So yeah, that, yeah, that's fascinating. They, they have a, they have a huge commitment to AI. I think and you're right. I think that's more evidence of it. So last thing I wanted to mention, because we seem like we always make some mention of the economy. I don't want to dwell on it because you and I generally agree the economy is good and all the news is bad, but this week the news changed finally. <laughs> mm -hmm. The news came out and said the GDP, the gross domestic product is up and the growth is beat expectations. And, um, and, and there was another whole article about Medicare costs, which often come up during political campaigns. You know, we see always a lot of talk about government programs and the interesting thing was they said uh, Medicare spending has been flat since 2010. Hmm. It has not gone up, and it which which the the expected amount that it was going to go up was almost three trillion. So hmm. it's three trillion less than they expected it to be. Not that they've made a lot of changes to it, just that there's been a lot less demand from the elder community for services for some reason. And um, the jury's out on why that actually is. Imagine that a line item in the government's budget that didn't go over it went under, you know, isn't that fascinating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> and they're sort yeah. of like, why did, why did this happen? Like, and it's clearly it's a thing because it's hasn't gone up in 13 years. So it's like, like yeah. yeah that's a that's a it'll be an interesting thing that i'm sure they're gonna gonna study and and figure out exactly exactly what is happening with our it's got to almost be a demographics thing right because you don't get medicare mm -hmm. until you're 65 right um but yet we're still having more and more 65 year old people than ever so that means there's less spending per individual year over year it's curious yeah and I, I think there's other options for people that, that they're doing. Um, uh, so, 
I, I would imagine that's got to be part of it. You know, and people are getting smarter about uh, the different programs that they're part of and and hopefully becoming healthier. You know, um, I know that's something that we talk about quite a bit in our, you know, the health element, you know, the work-life balance. We talk a lot about that in our mastermind groups, you know, of keeping, um, you know, good health. And It could uh, be that they're healthier. It could also be that they're, that this current generation of retirees might be wealthier than in mm -hmm. the past. Because, I mean, the line of Medicare spending was almost straight up. You know, mm -hmm. and then just all of a sudden it levels out. Um, you know, and the government's gotten involved in uh, negotiating better pricing for prescription drugs. So they know like there's all these little things that happen, but none of them add up to three trillion. So there's something different right. about the people. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, if they're spending less on me on medical care, that's a that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. Well, awesome. Awesome. Anything else in the news that you wanted to chat about? Uh, no, I think that's probably enough time dwelling on the news, but I feel there's just been a lot lately. So, you know, tune in over to me at, at LinkedIn because I've been trying to share that stuff. I just feel like there's more different types of news recently than what we've been hearing lately. Yeah, you've got, you've got, uh, I, I love the content that you create in your blog and uh, the articles that you write. And then you've got some great groups as well out on social media. Uh, so if you're not following Amy on LinkedIn or on Facebook, uh, I know you've got some very active and lively groups as well. So yeah, sure I, I just converted um, the ransomware and security group from a private group to a public group. Um, Facebook is sort of encouraging you to do that and make it more discoverable and whatnot. Um, so if you haven't gotten my notice to move over to the new public group, because I can't move people directly, you will soon. And um, uh, once I did this on a Friday afternoon, so, um, so of course people won't get the message until today, but um, once we get a hundred people over there, then we can give it the friendly name. Then we can really start promoting it. So when you create a new group, you get some super ugly URL from Facebook. But yeah, once we get folks moved over, I'll be sure to share the the new URL with everybody. Awesome, awesome. And then uh, before we adjourn, are you any travels this month here in September? Um, yeah, I'm still on track for going to. Um, the experts conference where I'm speaking about uh, getting that 100% secure score mm -hmm. in uh, uh, Entra ID. So um, I, I am super excited about that whole conference because it is nothing but technical. Mm -hmm. And that is so rare in our industry today. So if it's not sold out, I was pretty reasonably priced 699 or something like that from, it's from Quest, it's called the tech experts. It's in Atlanta, which is very easy to get to, even at last minute. So um, starts on the uh, 19th. It's like the 19th okay. and 20th is when the conference is. So, you know, jump on over there. And if you are, stop in and say hi to me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good. Well, good. And I think uh, I'm actually, the only thing I'm scheduled to do is speak at the, the Mastermind Live out in Scottsdale, Arizona later this month. So uh, it's kind of nice to be 
you know, bolted to my seat in my office and getting things done. So it's yeah. been, uh, been a very busy summer. Well, the end, that's going to come up quickly. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. You'll be in Scottsdale yeah. before you know it, but it sounds like you have some great speakers lined up. So I'm sure it'll be an awesome show. Oh, I feel like I talked enough today. Might be time to let people get back onto the rest of their day. But thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. We'll see you next week. And uh, thank you.